What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. The Buck Rising Show is presented by Plant Moran. Talking shop with the NFL's best and brightest all year long. It's the Buck Rising Show on 104.5 The Zone. You ready, man? Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time. Yeah. yeah. What's happening? Second hour underway. We told you we were going to have people stopping by all over the place, so we figured why not bring in one of our favorites. Corey Curtis, WKRN News 2, is where you can watch him on a regular basis. Sports Extra, uh, of course, a great program, an informative program with him and Samariah on WKRN. Lovely to see you, my friend. Uh, uh, and I'll be on today at 6, so i got to get this done and jump in the car. Okay. Well, <laughs> then we will make this quick. Yeah, 615 is how you join the discussion. Brian Callahan, Rand Carthon, good enough to sit down with us to start the first hour. Uh, the opening act for Corey Curtis. Oh, yeah, they're warming the crowd up for me. That's right. <laughs> um, I was not over there for Callahan's yep. sidebar. For people who don't know, they do podium availabilities mm-hmm. with Almost every coach and GM who are at this thing, and then they'll do sidebars for the locals so we can get a little extra um, one-on-one or, or at least a little more in-depth based on the beats that we cover. Uh, Brian Callahan's sidebar, it sounds like you asked him the same question that I did on the mm-hmm. radio show about the Jamar chase Panay Sewell decision that they made in Cincinnati, and I think you and I are on the same page, Corey. It sounds like they may take a damn wide receiver at seven. Well, well I mean, it started with Rand right off the bat. I mean, and that was at the podium. Yeah. So talking about taking playmakers and guys who could score touchdowns. Uh, didn't shy away from the questions about it. And when, when I, I don't know exactly what Brian told you, but he finished his answer to me over there by saying, if all things are evil, you are evil. <laughs> You're evil. Uh, if all things are equal, <laughs> if all things are equal I'm don't tell them that. They don't know that yet. <laughs> I'm taking the guy who can score touchdowns. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get it. You know, and I always say I'm, I'm old. And I'm a Midwest guy, so I am a I'm an offensive line, defensive line guy. And I remember when they did that, I was like, "That is insane." I mean, Burrow's going to get killed, and he's been getting killed, but he also went to the Super Bowl. And I, I'm I'm much more open to that idea now if the guy is an elite player. And I, Buck, I don't know how many years you've been here now. I, I am on year nine. I'm on year twenty one. Oh. <laughs> And uh, you the, might be old. The years, the years that I've seen elite receivers in two tone blue, uh, are few and far between. And uh, you know, I've seen a lot of good linemen. I have not in the last couple of years, but I've seen a lot of good linemen. Oh God, no. But uh, I mean, outside of Derek Mason and and AJ Brown, um, I I think they're the only two that fit that elite type player category no, i thought it was pretty funny i think it was kaharski asked ran about the curse of wide receivers yeah. here 25 years they haven't really had a wide receiver mm-hmm. beyond Derek mason and aj brown that has fit that that bill and now we're talking about not just from a from a the first and second down tendency approach and things like that we're talking about a completely different style mm-hmm. uh, of football that we think we're probably going to see it's exciting i am also excited by the proposition of it because uh, Corey. 
a lot of times I just hate watching them. Because, <laughs> you know, like you know I know right? we're not allowed to, you know, le- allowed to let our personal uh, opinions influence the team or the the coverage but that we provide. But it's still frustrating to watch them leave teams in the game Ugh. because they're afraid to be aggressive with the football, which is not something that you would have dinged the last coaching staff no, necessarily. But as soon as head. I mean, I go back to the Texans game. Um, at Nissan, yeah. they, would they go up thirteen yeah. nothing? And they tried to sit on that lead and beat Case Keenum. That's what they thought they could do. They could just sit on that lead. Case Keenum's not going to beat us, and they lost the freaking game. It is what Corey Curtis, WKRN News Two, here with us on one hundred four five The Zone. We're live at the Combine. You can see Corey on local TV, WKRN tonight at six p.m. Central Time. Well, I hope so. Unless they're changing the time zone in Nashville, I and I hate that Eastern time zone. I uh, I don't love it for sports. It's going to make uh, the seven o'clock tip for IU basketball tonight very very unpleasant. You for just me. have to stay up a little later to watch and lose. That's all. <sighs> But I'm going in person. I got a really good Bobby Knight joke for you after the show. Do you? <laughs> Get that. If it's a Bobby Knight joke, it probably can't be told on air. Um, from Rand's press conference in particular, though, you know, not not uh, too far beyond the pale to imagine that he's mm-hmm. more comfortable in this time around. That things are a little more at ease within the facility. Uh, just well, generally, based on what we know, the last year of power was power is stronger in enabling him to answer questions more. I think is I think he's in a better position to feel good about this is what I want to say. I'm going to say it. I don't have to check with somebody else so much. How how you could even put somebody in a position like that though in their first year? Yeah, it's tough. I it's not something. And I I told him I'm, to be honest with him like. And not just to gas him up because he's sitting here in front of me. Like, I legitimately respect the amount of grace that that man handled it with. Because, Corey, uh, you know me, uh, beyond just to uh, come on my radio show and call me evil, um, which, you know, the vast majority of the people watching and listening absolutely agree with you, which is a fight that I'll pick another day. But uh, I am not, I would not handle a situation like the one that that man just went through with that kind of grace, not just internally but externally because the pot shots – People very, very comfortable uh, taking shots at that man. Well, to be honest with him, like, and not just to gas him up because he's sitting here in front of me. Like, I legitimately respect the amount of grace that that man handled it with. <laughs> because, Corey, uh, you know me, uh, beyond just to uh, come on my radio show and call me evil, um, <laughs> which, you know, the vast majority of the people watching and listening absolutely agree with you, which is a fight that I'll pick another day. But... Uh, I am not. I would not handle a situation like the one that that man just went through with that kind of grace, not just internally but externally because the pot shots, people very, very comfortable uh, taking shots at that man. Well, yeah, and, you know, we we – it was so funny because we're like, oh, dang, I never seen he's reporting this. It's from Vrabel. Uh, Ian Rappaport's reporting this. It's from Carthon. And, and, you know, we just knew that there was this PR war going on where they're releasing information and, you know, they're trying to say everything is great. Everything's not great. Not great. It's not great. I, I, you know, look, I know there are coaches who run the show, and and that's fine. But I am always and been some a, deserve it. Yes, it's uh, some de- ones who've won the Super Bowl tend to deserve it. Some, 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 tend some to that have never been to the Super Bowl don't deserve it. Um, but uh, I, I'm a big believer in this, and this is not for football. This is for everything. You hire people and you let them do their jobs. And you know, look, if you believe in Rand. You know, you, you let him do the job, and if not, then you name Vrabel the GM, and you say you're the GM, and they tried to do this hybrid thing, and it's it, and they botched it. Well, and, and it's like I, I always say when you go halfway, 
you, you never get to the finish line. And, and they, they tried to kind of go halfway, and it was a mess. And, but she recognized it quickly, which I give her credit for. Truly. I mean, it, you know, the, it, we, Lucas and I were talking about this, and Lucas, feel free to jump in. Um, the idea that that was probably the biggest misstep that Amy has had in terms of, not that you could blame her for trying to make it work, because I think many, many people have a level of respect for Mike Vrabel. Absolutely. How much that has he, changed. He's a good football coach. Yeah, he's wandering around up here, by the way. Yep. Uh, he body slam me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten any threatening texts yet. We'll, we'll see we'll see what it looks like by the end. Have of the you week. gotten a call swearing at you for ten minutes yet? I got one of those once. Yeah, we, <laughs> I mean, but who among us? Who among us? What can you say? But uh, the idea, and this this was kind of something that I brought up with Lucas uh, a couple of months ago. That the biggest misstep that she's probably made is not ripping the bandaid off sooner. But who you know. It's easier to do that, have that criticism in retrospect. Well, yeah, I mean, you could, there, there would have been another way to handle it, and that's to not placate him and say, "No, you're going to coach the team, and he's going to be the GM." Yeah. Uh, but she tried to, she, she tried to make everybody happy. Or enabled. Yeah, and and so that was a mistake. And you know, a big part of being a boss is understanding your mistakes and 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 not letting them fester, and not and just not writing it out and writing it out and writing it out and saying, "Well, maybe it'll get better. It's not that bad." She wants to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. She recognized what she had was, was not a good scenario. And, you know, look, she had a lot of respect for Mike Vrabel. I think that's pretty clear. And we all agree he's a good football coach. But he's not in line with the way they want to advance as a football team. And so you have to make that tough decision. And that's, that's what you get paid the big bucks to do. And I think uh, Corey Curtis hanging out here with us at the Combine, talking Titans uh, with CC. The, the dynamic now is not all sunshine and roses roses and butterflies either Mm -hmm. like there there has to be some level of friction there has to be some level of disagreement brian talked about that in depth uh in the breakdown and he he said you grow through conflict he embraced the conflict in the room in the argument and i agree with him because if you surround yourself with people who agree with you they don't challenge you they don't make you grow yeah all right when when i i've hired a lot of people in my sports departments over the years and inevitably, there are news people who always want to come and join the sports department. And I always feel bad for them because I'm like, I know you. I need somebody I don't know who can bring something new to the table and show me a new way to do things and have some new ideas. And so and that's what he's talking about. I mean, you know, look, Brian may say, I want a pass catcher and a guy who can score touchdowns above all. And, you know, he can believe that in his heart. But if he's got three people telling him, yes. But this guy's a foundational piece on our offensive line, and we can get this guy in round two, and he can skill score touchdowns for you, maybe not 15, but 12. This is going to make us a better team. And, and if you can argue about that, and if there's a level of respect there, you'll listen. You, you may never fully agree, but you'll respect the decision when it comes down to it. Uh, your Bears are going to be the subject of much combine discussion. Why? 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 <laughs> I mean, take Caleb Williams and move on. No, but for the purposes of the number one overall pick, you know the it's level. It's so awesome that we traded away the number one pick just to get it right back because the Panthers are so putrid. It is. It's funny to me because I know you you live this miserable existence. <laughs> And you're not the only one. There's many of you out there. I see. I see Mays limping around uh, NFL functions. I, I was on a talking with Chad Brinker, who was with the Packers forever. I told him I'm, he asked me. Did where you I was say from. I hate you? 
Uh, he asked me where I was from. I said Chicago, and he just looked at me. I said, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> we had a good discussion. He had a good Bears joke for me. <laughs> did, he, did, he, did he? Yeah. Did he? Did he say something to the effect of Aaron Rodgers does to your franchise on a regular basis? Which no, is like, I still no, he, own you. He actually told me Mark Mosley, um, one of their front office people, when when they one were of the Bears front office. No, people. Packers. Packers. Um, when they had a defensive coordinator opening, a fan applied for the job. <laughs> And staked out like how good he was on Madden and everything. Oh, that's right. I saw because Mark Murphy wrote him a letter back. He wrote him a handwritten oh. letter back. And he, at the bottom of the letter, he wrote, by the way, there's a team in Chicago that could probably use you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it shouldn't be as complicated as NFL teams can make it from time to time. Do you want Chicago to take Caleb Williams? And yes. what would you do with yeah. Justin Fields? Well, I'd train him and get what I can for him. What is he worth? <sighs> it. it because this T. Higgins thing is interesting. I'm fascinated to see what Justin see, Fields is See, here's the thing for. about Justin Fields is he's got one year left on his rookie deal. So whoever's going to trade for him pretty much has to be willing to decide. if. Well, I guess they can give him one year to figure it out. But, I mean, you'd think they'd want to give him an extension when you sign him. So he's going to cost money. Yeah. I guess that's that's my point. Is It's good. It's like the T. Higgins deal. It's, gonna, it's not just a draft pick or draft picks. It's money. It's quarterback money yes. in a salary cap yes. market that is yes. through the roof. And so you're going to ask them to risk draft picks and money? And so I think that, that lowers the, the draft capital in some of it is the financial compensation that's, that's coming to him. Look, if you can get a two and a four, I, I, I think you move on and you're really, really, really happy. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to get a one. I'd love to get a one, but I mean, you got to have multiple suitors for that. It sounds like Pittsburgh's interested. It sounds like Atlanta's interested. Why wouldn't they be? Um, you know, so it's it, here's the thing, though. I mean, like, I don't dislike Justin Fields, but it's not about disliking him. It's about Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. All right, you got to have a guy on that level. All right, you got to be there. Unless your team is stacked like the 49ers. Yeah. And then you can have Brock Purdy, who's not bad, but he's not those dudes. Right. And so you've got, you know, it's, you, do you want Ryan Tannehill or do you want Andrew Luck? Tannehill's fine, but you can get Andrew Luck. And so for the Bears, you've got Justin Fields, who's coming along. And he, I mean, I don't know if you saw him in Chicago, but the guy's a freaking mountain. Yeah. He's as big as Derrick Henry. He's huge. Yeah. And he's super athletic. But Caleb Williams... The arm talent is off the freaking charts when you see the throw that that guy makes. And I am just, you cannot dispute it. You can't. And so, yes, maybe Caleb Williams doesn't work out, but you have to take the shot at getting that dude. And that's that's the whole thing. Because without that dude, you're still looking up at Green Bay. You're still looking up at Detroit. Like, they got to get that dude. Saquon, Derek. Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. tons of running backs yeah. out there in free agency. Who do you think has the best market of the three of them? Because I think all they're all three different scenarios, but I do think that the set one, the salary cap increase, helps them feel more justified in taking a contract uh, that, just based on percentage of cap, may look a little different than it did the last time around. You're not including Austin Eckler. Right. You're not including DeAndre Swift. Right. You're not including Nick Chubb possibly right. being a cap casualty and being released out of Cleveland. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb's I mean, I can't imagine. Awesome. But... He's awesome. But I think Derek is the least marketable because he's the least versatile. I think for the right team, Derek is very valuable. 
but the number of teams Derek is valuable to isn't the same as the number of teams Saquon Barkley is. You could maybe count to. them on one hand for Derek. Yeah, maybe a couple fingers. Yeah, and and that's not to to take away from the brilliant player that he's been and can still be. He's just not like those other guys, and so Saquon can catch sixty passes a year. I mean, there's a lot of Christian McCaffrey and Saquon, just a little bit bigger and big, big stronger. And, and, you know, we've all seen what Eckler can do. You know, he catches the ball really well. And, and Josh Jacobs, you know, a lot of, a lot of treads been taken off that tire the last couple of years, a lot of carries for him in Las Vegas. But, again, are you going to spend a lot of money on Saquon? I mean, are you, are you guys going to give $12 million, $15 million to Saquon? If or I'm you, Houston, hell yes. Oh, but what if you can get DeAndre Swift for eight? I'd rather have Saquon. Man, did, did you watch DeAndre in Philly? Yeah, but Philadelphia, the offensive line, it, it's more impressive because the offensive line group was not what Philly's had. I mean, that dude can run. He's no, I'm fast. not disputing. I'm just saying, He's if you fast. gave me the choice, like the, the, the couple of million dollars difference between yeah. Saquon well, but I'm saying, and Swift to me is not that big. What if it's 15 and 8? 15 and 8 is double. So, yeah, yeah. there's a different discussion to be and, had. And there. I don't know what the numbers pan out to sure. be. But, you know, th- 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 is the difference that big in those two players? And I don't know that it is. I mean, what has Sa- and I love Saquon, so don't get me wrong. But what has Saquon done to elevate the New York Giants? Well, the one Daniel Jones year, bud. The uh, one Daniel Jones year. The one Daniel Jones year, okay. which is as nice a thing I could say about anybody who yeah. helped make it. Yeah, Daniel I mean, he Jones. had a nice day at Nissan Stadium. He did have a nice day at Nissan he's, Stadium. He's a good player. But there are other guys who've had nice days at Nissan Stadium. And the health thing is always a question. Yep. It's an interesting discussion it with is. the running back. I just, I just, I don't, I, I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't pay a ton of money for any of those guys. No. I'm I'm with you, especially when you've you can find it. Not that not to say that everybody can wander into a Tajay Spears, but that Tajay Spears is uh, a but an you easier can. lift, and it you does can. feel like you can. I mean, you got Pacheco in Kansas City; he's the seventh round pick. I know. I mean, there's, there's I mean, we can look at these guys all. What was it? Eckler, a fourth rounder out of Arkansas? No, he went not Arkansas. He played at some small school. I want to say. Fourth round pick. I don't remember what okay. round, but I remember him being a smaller okay. school prospect. Okay, but still. But so, yeah, I mean, so I mean, Alvin Kamara, third or fourth round out of Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all over the place. And and again, that's not to say that these guys aren't special, because they are. But the difference in what they do to your football team, is it, is it that much? You got to have two good ones, and it makes up for yeah. You know, yeah. that's what makes Derek beating the odds this this frequently and, and so ridiculous. Again, I will say, I thought Derek was fantastic this year on a terrible team. Absolutely. I thought he was great. Uh, Corey Curtis, WKRN News 2. Tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time is where you can see him. What are you guys talking about? Um, you know, uh, Samari's filing draft. I mean, combine reports. Uh, I'm deciding what I'm going to do. I'll either focus on their um, adoration for a wide receiver yes. or their response to the never-ending Derek Henry question. The Derek question will not end. Certainly not this week. It's going to be uh... no. It's not going to end until he signs with another team. I mean, because they're not saying. I mean, look. I think they're right. All right. You sit back and you wait. And if it works out where he can come back to you at a really reasonable number, you bring him back. Oh, listen. I'm I'm so for that. But you know, a couple months. <laughs> hell, it could be July before we yeah, start. He's going to be a Raven. We all know it. He should have been a Raven at the trade deadline, but that's a different discussion for another day. Appreciate you, CC. All right. You guys have a good week. Uh, When we come back, we'll continue to just talk about what the hottest topics are up here at Indianapolis. What is the free agent discussion, given that that is the first thing 
on the NFL schedule checklist. I'm Buck Rising, live at the Combine. Our Combine coverage, by the way, presented by these phenomenal people at Two Rivers Ford. They gave me a 2024 Explorer to whip up here to get up to Indianapolis. It is the best car dealership, award-winning customer service, 40 years, over 40 years of being in business. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Let's see, something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture people dating each other for the press ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch every so often and by every so often i mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired the ben shapiro show on youtube or wherever you listen Back here at the NFL Scouting Combine. Appreciate CC hanging out with us. We'll have more of our friends and damn near family members hanging out here with us throughout the course of the week. What are you doing back there, Lucas? You keeping yourself entertained? What's what's the vibe back in Nashville today? Eating peanuts. <laughs> Am I interrupting you? No, I'm just kicked back. Legs up. Having a great time. <laughs> Is it is is this the easy? Is this basically a week of vacation for you? You you just chained to the studio physically for three hours, but beyond that, you're not actually doing any work. Uh, that's how you would put it. <laughs> that's how I'd do it if I was you. Absolutely, six one five seven three seven one zero four five is the number. Uh, if you want to jump in and get involved, we'd be happy to have you. What thoughts do you have coming out of your general manager and head coaches? interviews, combine sessions, media availability, all these different things um, that you have heard them answer questions about today. We'd be happy to get into some of it with you. What questions do you have about combine prospects? We have, I feel like, uh, you know, we, we've, been, we've been, at least I've been trying to put off prospect talk as long as humanly possible, given that free agency is first, and I know that we're going to spend a considerable amount of time talking prospects, but certainly we can get into uh, some of those, if you would like to, as well. The running back market discussion, though, that we were just having with Corey Curtis is going to be one of the more interesting storylines to emerge out of Indianapolis. Some uh, Joe Shane, the Giants general manager, was up at the podium before Rand talked. I caught a little bit of that press conference. He was mentioning the idea that they did plan to meet with Saquon Barkley's representatives up here, but that it was just kind of, hey, we're keeping everything close to the vest. Rand Carthon on Derrick Henry saying, yeah, we're going to keep that in-house, um, but we're in a good spot with Derrick, and, and you know, we'll basically a, a different version of roll the, bo- roll the dice and let the board play out, basically. The more that I the more that I spend time listening to them talk and seeing the way that the the way that the market is coming together and all the different listed names on the running back uh, on the, in the, at the running back position, I just can't help but think it it doesn't 
make sense to try and not that they would force or press the idea of bringing Derrick Henry back, but that fans should kind of get to a spot where they're not doing it either anymore. Does that make any sense? I don't know that fans ever should have been in a spot where they were doing that, right? I mean, has there been a single sign, a single sign that this marriage could continue? Based on what the Titans have said, on what Derek himself has said about wanting to win a Super Bowl, wanting to test out free agency, vote of confidence in Tajay Spears, the free agent running back market being what it is. I mean, just it's really hard to read between the lines and come out with the conclusion that Derrick Henry back in Nashville seems likely to happen. Yeah, I agree. Uh, certainly not on, on his end of things. Now, Derek hasn't. Uh, I don't think that I've seen any kind of Derek comments here basically since his final press conference with us, right, beyond locker room clean-out day. I, I, don't, I, I haven't seen him um, out there. There wasn't any Super Bowl availability. I don't know. He may have been in Vegas, but wasn't necessarily making the, the Old Spice rounds or whatever it is that he's uh, typically selling. But it's been it's all been pretty close to the vest, and none of it, none of it signaling, oh, I guess he did the busting with the boys interview, right? He was on with Taylor and Will. Um, and with that, yeah, the, the, the biggest commentary to come out of that is Derrick Henry wants to win a Super Bowl, and the Titans aren't the best place in the immediate for him to win the Super Bowl, to up his percentage chance of doing that. And what's his market value going to look like? We talked about it with Joel Corey, right? I mean, do you want to devote, in Joel Corey's words, $20 million over two years to the running back position? I know the Titans have a ton of money, but is that a reason to sit there and say you can pour that into the running back position? Or is having all that cap space more of a reason to be able to devote it elsewhere and find value at the running back position when you already have your lead back in place? Uh, in fact, do we, uh, Jackson, do we have that Joel Corey audio handy? I think that'd be good context for people that didn't catch that discussion uh, on Friday show. You can hear the full podcast or the full interview via the podcast if you'd like. But this was uh, Joel Corey, former NFL agent, now doing work for CBS sports uh well actually we'll get to it here in just a little bit uh as a matter of fact but uh, the the summary lucas summarized well um it, it gets complicated and and brian callahan was asked this at his at his podium availability the value of a running back and and his answer you know the 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 running back hasn't necessarily been devalued but teams are just doing it more by committee lessening the burden on the running backs lessening the workload lessening the usage and thereby making it less important to pay all of the money to one feature back in the way that, for example, the Titans have done or the Cowboys. I know uh, each situation is different. But anyway, Joe Corey on the negotiating tactics that he would take as an agent for Derrick Henry. I would be fairly confident, given where Henry has been, that he's not going to just fall off a cliff immediately, that you could probably get two good years out of him. I wouldn't want to commit to more than two good years uh, with him, given how things work historically, and he'd be pushing 2,500 carries, although he's a physical freak and could be just um, the outlier that we haven't really seen before. But the average of the uh, top 15 running backs last year, uh, veteran contracts, was about uh, $9.975 million per year. So maybe $20 million over two years would be fair if you can get somebody to pay that. And to me, he makes the most sense for a team which looks at him as a missing piece to get them over the hump. Maybe the Ravens that were rumored to be trading for him um, last season, or maybe the Cowboys.
how would you go about the guaranteed money discussion with the with the, if you were in a situation where you were negotiating on behalf of Derrick Henry? How would you approach the guaranteed money portion of that of a two year uh, twenty million dollar deal hypothetically? Yeah, well, I'd want the first year to be almost all signing bonus with minimal base salary or close to it, and then a partial guarantee in the second year where there's maybe three to five million guaranteed for injury upon signing and then on the third or fifth day of the 2025 league year it becomes fully guaranteed so that it's a one-year deal for let's say 11 million if if father time just defeats him next year which i'm not anticipating and if he can still play then you've got the two-year deal um so he plays at 30 30 and 31 and you worry about what happens after that if i'm a team i don't want to sign him for more than two years so the two-year deal may be fair because I think he's got at least two good years left in him. I mean, I'd agree with that assessment. Derek for sure has two good years left in him. Two, I, I don't. I'm not going to necessarily argue for great though. I, I, I mean, I'm comfortable saying that Derek Henry had a great year last year, finishing uh, in the uh, in the rushing rankings the way that he did, despite being on. I mean, this is arguably the worst team that Derek Henry has ever been on as a pro. Yes, we can we can safely say that last year's Titans team. Yeah, not I mean, not arguable, right? I, I, I don't know how you would make an argument for any other season that Derrick Henry yeah. has been a member of the Titans. Because he he got here when like the year that they traded for Demarco Murray. No, the year after they traded for Demarco. Either either way, he was on competitive Titans teams his entire tenure here until the last two seasons, and even 2022 was a level of competitiveness that they just saw slide away after the seven and three start. Um, Derek can be a, a a great asset for a team that probably should have traded for him last year. We alluded to that uh, with uh, with Corey Curtis earlier. The Baltimore Ravens. You guys remember me telling you that they that was the team that was most heavily sniffing around uh, Derek Henry. I would have loved to know what kind of compensation they were offering. Lucas, I don't know if you saw the clip that was making the rounds from uh, Ari Myrov this week that said that ownership vetoed uh, any potential Derrick Henry trade or Derrick Henry decision, um, why, what their reason for that, what their primary reason for that being. Uh, we don't know whether compensation wasn't enough, whether Derrick means enough to this franchise, whether there's nothing, no other reason for fans to show up at Nissan Stadium. So, oh, my God, don't get rid of the one reason that we do have because we know we're not getting substantially better in the next couple of months. Um, if that is, in fact, true, it's it's interesting I just I'd be curious to know what Baltimore would have offered or what the Titans would have taken. Now, was Ari reporting that or or was he kind of echoing the rumors that were floating around at the time? Because remember we heard that in the moment. I mean, who had that that report or that rumor that Derrick Henry trade was going to happen and Amy Adams Strunk stepped in? I I don't recall um off the top of my head. I I feel like somebody pushed back on it. Um I want to say PK may have refuted that notion but Myrov put it out there again yesterday as if it was uh, a common knowledge so maybe i shouldn't treat it as a report but he was he was saying it definitively as if it was so uh, he I said, had not... yeah he said i do believe ownership stepped in just to nix the trade well you know believing that that is the right. case uh and reporting that that is the case are two different things again i did not hear anything to that effect um so i you know i i guess we'll we'll go off of Maybe, maybe we'll we'll discount that portion of it, but still, 
how they address the running back position. Did you hear Rand's line on, on Tajay Spears? We talked about it earlier to start the show, that he's made it the right bleep. Yes. Um, the running back, how they not substitute, what's the word that I'm looking for, supplement the running back position with Tajay Spears. That's your, that's your lead back. That's your, that's your three-down guy. That was something that they – that was a selling point for them coming out of last year's draft press conferences. I remember they were trying to sell us on the idea of Tajay Spears, trying to tell, sell the fan base on the idea of Tajay Spears. And I don't know that there's – I don't know that there's a Titan on this roster next year that has a higher Q rating than that running back. That's probably what they got – I mean, early returns after a rookie year. But did Rand Carthon and company get anything right more than drafting Tajay Spears in the third round where the entire discussion, the entire discussion around Spears was injury stuff and the Ian Rappaport report about the ACLs. That was every question Rand Carthon was fielding in that post-draft press conference was about injuries with Tajay Spears. Isn't that when we got the, hey, this is one of the biggest nights of their lives, of their careers thing from Rand? Was it questions about Tajay's injuries? Yeah, <laughs> that you know what. That, as a matter of fact, that's right. And we all, you know, we all buried him for it. Absolutely. Sure. But, but because I honestly, uh, to be honest, I I felt that that was a bit that was a bit overly sensitive. But sure. if that's the dude that he stood on the table for, and of course that's a position that he played and that he knows, then you can understand having a little bit of an emotional response. And if Will Levis ends up being the franchise quarterback of the Titans for the next 10 years, then obviously Will Levis will have been the best thing to come out of the 2023 NFL draft. But as far as early returns and what we believe we know out of these prospects, it's hard not to give that right now to Tajay Spears. I agree. 615-737-1045 is how you engage if you would like to. Uh, We are going to get into, uh, we'll talk more about Levis later on in the show, some comments uh, from the head coach and the GM about the quarterback position and the backup quarterback position which is going to be critically important here uh we'll do all of that live from the nfl combine if you guys want to jump in why don't we start with trey in nashville up first hey what's going on bud yo i'm glad you made it up there hey i just wanted to comment on uh what coach said as far as y'all need to throw that little left tackle thing y'all got going on out 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 in the drive just just throw it out he wants playmakers. He wants people that put up points so that direct redirects back to if Brock is on the board, you know, if a good premium wide receiver is on the board, that's who he's going to go after. And y'all have a good day and take care. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for the call, Trey. Put your seatbelt uh, on. <laughs> is that what it is or is it a turn signal? What am I? going to be the seatbelt. Uh, Kirby refutes both of our uh, both of our uh, notions here, saying that the door oh, is the simply door's open. open. Yeah, yeah, that the door is open. Close your door, Trey. <laughs> you drive safe. <laughs> um, I mean, I not you, you try not to read too much into it, right? Because it, it's a press conference. They're responding to the questions. They're not going to give you. They're obviously not going to give you their entire playbook, but. It does seem like the messaging is very, very heavy on the idea of playmakers over and over and over again that, that to the point where you, you would be fooled to ignore it. It's lion season. Yeah. And this <laughs> there yeah, where do you think where do you think there is a greater percentage of lies told per capita? The NFL combine or Capitol Hill on a regular basis? Because I feel like I do. Jeez. I, I feel like both are just soaked in dishonesty. <laughs> just jumped out of my chair. 
<laughs> Kirby thinks it's uh, Capitol Hill, but I guess that's only because we're getting ready to engage in another election cycle. Um, I, I would argue for the combine, just per capita, the amount of lies told, the amount of people, media people lying, coaches lying, GMs lying. I think well, everybody... No, straight up lies, straight up lies is always, the answer is always going to be Capitol Hill. Misdirection, the NFL scouting combine. Subterfuge. Some might because say. Brian Callahan talking about the value of the wide receiver position, he has not told a single lie. No. He's talked about their discussion in the Jamar Chase versus Penny Sewell debate. I, I liked what he said about winning early means getting the ball out early. None of those things are lies. They can be misdirection, but not necessarily lies. How many lies are told or more? Who tells the most lies? NFL Combine or Friday night in the club? Oh. Uh, that's a good question. I would say Friday night in the club. But also Friday night in the club could be at the NFL Combine because there's plenty of people. <laughs> I, Lucas, I told uh, I told our buddy uh, Robbie Bourne at Titans PR that I was going to Bloomington tonight, and he asked if I was going for bottle service or basketball. Good stuff from Robbie. <laughs> I, had, I had to tell him both because my sister's 21, so I don't know what the night what the night may uh, may hold. We'll see. Either way, we'll be back on the air at 10 a.m. in some form, or 11 a.m., I guess, here in some form or fashion. Uh, coming up next, we are going to continue to give you the latest up here at the Combine. We'll take a look around the league. What are the hot-button issues? We mentioned the running back market and some of the quarterback discussion with Corey Curtis, the Bears, who currently have the number one overall pick, and Justin Fields on their roster. What is the discussion right now? We'll tell you what that is coming up next. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. This week, Jackson, when Buck goes off and walks around and gets into a little scrums here and there. So when he feels fit, he will come back and do his own radio show. But in the meantime, what made you say, oh, no, in sports this week? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. No. 615-737-1045. For you to give us what made you say oh no in sports this week maybe it's preemptive maybe it's something that's going to frustrate you about the dialogue that takes place over the next few days at the nfl scouting combine jackson what is yours i'm going with uh, buck rising as my oh no in sports this week uh 
failing to do his obligations on his own radio show. You know, he's he travels up to Indianapolis, his home state, land of the Hoosiers, land of cornfields, from sea to shining sea, and uh, he just gets distracted and can't do his own radio show. Buck Rising is basically doing a high school reunion every time he goes up to Indianapolis. You definitely strike me as someone that goes out of your way to go to your high school reunions to show everybody how well you're doing and how successful you are. Well, yeah. That's the only reason to go to a high school reunion is to rub everybody else's nose and eat it, you losers. I yes, disagree. That's I absolutely. There is no reason to go to a high school reunion. I uh, I did not go to my five year. I thought it was stupid that we were having a five year. I went to my five year ele- high school reunions are ridiculous, over the top. And by the way, I still see all these people. Like or not all of these people, but I'm still in like group text with all these people. I'm going to a wedding with a bunch of them, so it's not like I have any burning desire to see them. But the ones that I don't see that need to know that I'm a, a smashing success by any measure. Uh, yes, I would like to stick the knife in and twist it a couple of times at a high school reunion, and then I'll leave afterwards. I don't need to stay. Once I've done that, then I can leave. But you know, I got to satisfy that part of me. You know how that works. Oh no! Of What's week, yours? Five-year high school reunions. Mine is what took place after the Wake Forest Duke game on Saturday. Now, this discussion has been had all over the place about court storming. Should we ban them? Should we not ban them? John Shire was at the podium after the game. At this point, we don't even need to play the audio. Everybody's probably heard John Shire talking about banning court stormings after John Filipowski was hurt on the court when a Wake Forest student... uh, Did you see the Zapruder film zoomed-in replay of the student running by Filipowski and he's kind of taking a stride with his right leg and catches the student and then limps off and now there's a bunch of conspiracies about what Duke is saying or isn't saying about his injury. It was a sprained ankle and now it's a knee and now it's just a sore knee. Have have you been keeping up with this whole charade? Oh, hell yeah. Are you kidding me? I, uh, I, well, because it went from the student intentionally or allegedly intentionally trying to injure uh, Filipowski to Filipowski potentially tripping the student on purpose. Uh, I saw it t- take a complete 180 on, uh, as things tend to do on the internet uh, with the level of discourse. Yeah, so I'm, I'm intimately familiar. Did I call him John Filipowski? Yes. Who is John Filipowski? His cousin? I'm obviously talking about Kyle Filipowski. I don't know how the, the name John popped into my head. Anyway. Uh, it feels like it fits, though. Like, I, I would have gone along with it. I would have gone along with John. But my oh no of the week is not just that Kyle Filipowski got injured during a court storming because I, I don't really want to hear the, oh, Duke's playing up the injury. Oh, he tried to trip the student. Like, you know what he gets to do when a bunch of Wake Forest students are running onto the to the court after upsetting Duke? He, he gets to trip the students. Like, he gets to take a longer stride than usual. He gets to do whatever he wants because that's his space, right? That court, yeah. the second after the buzzer goes off, is his space, not the, not the Wake Forest students. So this idea that we're criticizing Filipowski because of the way he kind of took that step with his right leg and it kind of sort of looks like he tried to trip the kid. Like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. It's not on him. It's on the students that rush the court. Now, Jermaine Burton turning around and literally punching a Tennessee student as she ran by him is a whole other thing. Obviously, he deserved a ton of criticism for that, criticism that he didn't really get. But my oh no of the week is mostly 
the laughable solutions to stopping court stormings, such as arresting everybody, arresting all what? Like how many? How many? Isn't kids? that what Billis is saying on national just television? Arrest just them arrest them all. Just throw them in a van. Like how many Wake Forest <laughs> students streamed onto the court? I mean, hundreds, hundreds of kids. Are, I mean. So- so what is know. Billis alleging? Just take a bunch of saran wrap and, like, trap them in there, like, uh, allow them not to escape? Kirby uh, seems to have a solution. What, Kirby? Okay. Well, no, I, I uh, further in-depth last night, they were discussing it, and I watched uh, Killing Some Time. He had a great idea. You simply shut the gym, the players and everything go, and the kids that are on the court, they don't get to leave. Oh. And the cops come in and just single-handedly take each one of them, process, them, a barrel. process a barrel. them right out the door. He goes, and their their theory is that, that stops the next day. But here's the thing. The media celebrates storming of the court, yes. celebrates storming the field after a football I'm, game. I'm the media. Now, occasionally, back in the day when that would happen, it was fantastic. It was always because of a great win or what have you. And it was all oh, the passion and the stuff. I get all that. So now, because we've had two circumstances this summer or this season, last, you know, the, the most recent one with the Duke, mm-hmm. and then the young lady from Iowa who – Pushed Ohio State fan to the ground, then flopped like LeBron James. Caitlin Clark. Yes. And I'm not taking anything away from her game, but she, she did pull up. She did go, you know. It's, it, it's, a fa- it's fair to call it a flop. It's fair. She went LeBron on that. It's fair. But anyway, uh, you've created the monster. Now you got to live with it. You know, let them storm the court and hit their GPAs. I, I, listen, uh, I, as I get ready to make my return to Assembly Hall tonight for the first time. We're storming. I, I, no, we're <laughs> not. Win or lose, baby. We're storming, all five of us. I'm watching that game Kirby, to see Kirby. You are, <laughs> that's I, fantastic. It's going to be me in the stands holding up a fire Mike Woodson sign. It's going to be Kirby in my banana suit that I've brought just in case I decide to bust it I'm not it wearing your again. banana suit, dude. You're going to wear the banana suit. If you go to this game, you're wearing the banana suit. Kirby, if Indiana beats Wisconsin tonight and I don't see you on the court the second after the buzzer goes off, I'm going to be so disappointed. (laughs) Dude, I am going to jail tonight being clubbed (laughs) by some guy from Indiana with a stick. You and, guys may have to do the show tomorrow. And then I'm know. taking them to bottle service of sports afterwards. We're going to have a big time. We're going to have a big time in Bloomington tonight. We, Lucas, you may, you and Jackson may be responsible for the radio show. We, Kirby and I may just take a personal I'll break. call a cousin. He'll drive over from Columbus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's what made us say, well, mine, I'll just make it brief. Uh, it, if you are not Cam Newton's size, don't throw a punch at Cam Newton. You idiot, you're going to lose. You and five other people who are hanging off of him because he is six foot six, <laughs> two hundred and fifty pounds, and you can't even get his hat off of his head. You the the level of jealous tryhard fool that thought that they would try and big bleep Cam Newton, uh, Atlanta hero Cam Newton and treat it sarcastically and start a fight at a seven on seven tournament. Uh, is a level of loser weirdo jealousy in sports that I will never understand. You're a dope. Don't do that. That's what made me say, oh, no, this week. Our biggest takeaways from Brian Callahan and Rand Carthon's press conference. We talked about a few. We'll get to the rest of them in the noon hour, already the final hour. That's next. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 